In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So would you please do me a favor? Can you go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie? That's J-A-M-I-E podsurvey.com slash Jamie and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. You guys, you can buy a lot of great things on Amazon for $100. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's pod, P-O-D, survey.com slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. Guys, thanks for your help. Go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, you're listening to episode number 176, and today my guest is Candace Cameron Bure. Yes, the girl you remember from your childhood on Friday nights is DJ Tanner. I was excited to interview Candace because probably like you, I grew up watching her on TV. But more than that, as I've grown older, I've seen her as an adult carry herself in a way that I truly admire and look up to. She's a woman who follows Jesus and stands strong for what she believes, and she's had to do that in a very public way. Today on the show, I tell her about a certain family member of mine that has seen every single one of her Hallmark movies. We talk about the time she took off from TV to focus on her family and then what eventually brought her back to TV. Her book, Staying Stylish, that released this last year, and even got her to announce an upcoming project that she hasn't said anywhere yet. You guys are going to love this show. Guys, I want to thank one of today's sponsors, and that is PrepDish. PrepDish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. Here's what we need, guys. We need help with thinking about meals. And now we don't have to think about them anymore. We let PrepDish do the planning for you. Sign up today and you're going to receive an email with a grocery list, prep ahead instructions so all of your meals are ready for the week. Go grocery shopping, get everything you need, come home, spend a couple of hours prepping, and y'all, your week is set. No more guesswork is needed. And right now, Allison, the founder of PrepDish, is offering you a month-long trial for $4. Yes, guys, that's $4. It's less than a drink at your favorite coffee shop, you guys. It's a dollar a week. Go to prepdish.com slash happy hour to get your first month of PrepDish for only $4. Prepdish.com slash happy hour. Guys, I want to tell you real quick before we get into the interview that Candace has a new book that comes out and we talk about it a little bit in here. It's called Kind is the New Classy, The Power of Living Graciously. It's a super cute cover with her on the picture. And it's basically about how can we maybe have conflicting opinions and still be kind and classy. You're going to love the book right now. You can pre-order it. Super easy. Go to Amazon, put it in your cart, pre-order it, and it will be delivered to your house when it releases on April 24th. Guys, I told you last week about my book tour, and I wanted to let you know that tickets are up and available for you right now. Go to ifyouonlyknewbook.net to get your tickets or pre-order a book or redeem your pre-order while you're there. You guys, we are officially 13 days away from the release of my very first book. To say I'm excited is a little bit of an understatement. Hey guys, I also want to let you know about something super fun that we're doing at the happy hour. We created a mini series and it comes out every single Friday. And it's a 20 minute mini series where I ask a girl, what is it that you were afraid of? If people knew about you, they would think fill in the blank. It's real and it's raw and it's vulnerable and it's about 20 minutes and you're going to love them. This last week, my friend Heather McFadden joined me and we talked about anger. 
The week before that was my friend Melanie Dale, and we talked about eating disorder. And this Friday, my friend Lisa Whittle is joining me. You're really going to love these episodes. So tune in every single Friday to listen to these. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Candice. Hey, Candice, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. This is so fun to have you on because I'm 40 and I know you're in your 40s, but me being in my 40s, you know what that means is I grew up watching you on TV. Like <laughs> a lot of my listeners did as well. And so it's super fun to have you. Thanks for coming on the happy hour. You're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. Where are you today? I am at my home in LA. All right. Candace, I have to start by telling you this because I promised my dad that I was going to say this is that my dad discovered Hallmark movies this Christmas. <laughs> Literally. I my- knew you were going to say that. Once you said my dad. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Well, my, my parents came for Christmas and my mom was like, your dad has watched every movie on the Hallmark channel. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dad, that's awesome. <laughs> I have found that more, more men this year have told me how much they love watching the Hallmark channel. What is it? I don't even know. Well, I mean, I have my theories and obviously it's a feel good channel. There's yeah. nothing on there that isn't comforting and heartwarming and, and you just enjoy it and feel good. Uh, but I think especially people that are our age and older, it brings them back to a time when you're like, oh, I didn't have to, I'm not watching all this controversial stuff like we have now on television. And it's just, it feels safe and it feels good. So it's like, oh, I remember how the world once was. (laughs) And we love that, don't we? Because like you (laughs) said, it's hard. Oh, well, I was curious, actually, you know, just to be completely honest, we don't even have cable here. So if I'm going to watch the Hallmark Channel, I have to go to my parents' house and watch it with my dad. But what has attracted to you for working with them for so many movies and series and Christmas stuff that you've been doing with the Hallmark Channel? Yeah, well, I love them because their branding, what they model is exactly the type of values and and things that I love. Mm-hmm. And it's a company I want to work with. So our brands just they basically line up very well. So I have a really great partnership with Hallmark and I've loved working with them over the years and and um and, you know, love to continue. I'm going to continue for many more years. Like I said, it's just, it's grown into something more than just doing a movie here and there for me with the channel. So it's great. I mean, I, because it's so good and obviously I'm on Netflix as well with Fuller House, but it's one of those things where you're like, why, why do I want to go anywhere else when this just lines up perfectly? Yeah. Now, did I read that you have to film these series in Canada that you're about to start doing right now? Well, yeah, I have a, I have a movie series on the Hallmark movies and mysteries channel, which is a separate channel. Uh It's different from just the Hallmark channel. So, um, those movies, the Aurora tea garden series, I do film those in Vancouver. So I'm off, uh, for two months to go film another two of those on Monday. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. So here's what I know is that when I travel, I literally spend the 48 hours before I leave for the weekend, preparing my children, (laughs) the house, doing laundry, typing up every single thing, that scenario that could happen. And my oldest is 14 and my youngest is 10. So I know you're a little bit ahead of me. Do you still have to do that when you leave the house after all these years? Thank the Lord. No, I don't. But I remember the days. Oh, I remember sitting and typing and laminating those papers. (laughs) You know, here are the instructions. Here are the emergency contacts. Here's where I'm going to be. The dentist office number. I mean, everything. (laughs) 
I know. I remember the days, but I'm very grateful that uh, I'm I'm out of those. My kids are 19, 18, and 16. Oh, yeah, so two of them are, yeah, are driving and with social media, not social media, but their smartphones, yeah. you know, they have all the contacts for everything and, and all the emergency numbers. So I don't, I don't worry so oh, much. Oh my gosh. And then, I mean, and when Aaron, my husband, and I both go out of town, we usually have, you know, 78 different people keeping our four children. And so then you're making schedules and all the things. Right. It's good for me to hear ahead <laughs> that my children will be able to handle it themselves. <laughs> they will be able to. But that's that's when you and your husband go away together. But like yes. for this, when I'm working, my husband's always home. That was always the kind of the trade-off mm-hmm. when I started working again was that one of us would be home for the majority of the time if the other was traveling. So yeah. every time I, I, I'm, I'm leaving for two months, but my husband's home the whole time. Yeah, so that's good. That's really easy. So when did you start? You just mentioned like when I started working more again, when was that in your life? What was, what did that season look like? Was there a season when you weren't working as much? I believe that there was, but when was that? There was. I took about 10 years off uh, right when I had my first baby and Mm -hmm. I was 22 years old. Now, mind you, you were a baby. (laughs) Most people are just starting to get, you know, coming out of Uh college and getting their life together at 22. But I had been working since I was five consistently with a regular job. So at 22, uh, that was my break time. I, I had lived so much life. I got married and then decided that I wanted to stay home and raise my kids. And that wasn't the easiest decision to be honest, because I had worked for so long. Mm -hmm. My identity was very much wrapped in what I did for a living. So it was hard to go from traveling, working with different people, every single day to just being a stay at home Mm -hmm. mom. And I say the word just, but any mom that stays home, their kids knows how much work that Mm -hmm. is. And it's, it's not just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. You're everything. You're, you're, you're the chef, you're the taxi driver, you're the therapist, you're the comforter. You're, I mean, you're, you're the nurse, you're the doctor, you're, you do so much, Mm -hmm. but in my world at the time, it was like, whoa, I can't imagine not being around adults all day long and having conversation. But I transitioned. I loved it. I'm so grateful that I did. So I stayed home for 10 years to raise my kids. And then it was just about 10 years ago that I went back to work. Okay. So I remember when I had my first baby, I was 25, which is still kind of young, but I remember these feelings, Candace, where I would like be home with the kids and my husband would be out of town. He traveled a lot when we were first married and he would call and be like, oh, this hotel, I don't even like it. And I was like, oh, you don't like your hotel. (laughs) Well, I have three children sleeping in my bed. You know, those kind of things. But it was really hard for me. And when you talked about that identity, what was it that kept you feeling as though this is where I'm called to be right now? This is the season that God wants me to do? Because I think that's a very common struggle for women when they're transitioned either back into the workplace or back Mm -hmm. home with their kids. What were some of those truths that you depended on in that time? Well, That was the time when my relationship with God grew tremendously. And I am the woman I am am now today because of those 10 years I stayed home Mm. because I honestly didn't have the time. Obviously, I was younger, too, but that wasn't a priority for me. And I probably would never have made the time for God in my life like I did because I was at home and I had the time Mm -hmm. to do it, even though I was raising three kids, Mm -hmm. uh, I could find time in the morning. I could time find time in the evening. And I don't think I would be the woman of God. I am 
now if I had continued working for so many years, because I think I would have glossed over that relationship with God. It wouldn't, I wouldn't have been as dependent upon him Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have dug into a real relationship with him. But during that time of transition for me, I just kept reading the word and I was like, you know what? I know I'm supposed to be home. I I don't, I really don't want to be working because I want to raise my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't want someone else to do it for me. And as hard as some of those days were, I just knew I would keep reading the word and over and over. It was like, this is where I'm, where I'm at. This is where I knew I was supposed to be, whether it felt like it in the moment or not, because God just confirmed it in his word as I dug in and read every day. Mm -hmm. That's encouraging because I know there's women that are sitting there feeling that same way either way, you know, if I'm supposed to be working or at home. So 10 years later, did you get the itch again? Like, okay, I'm ready. Or my kids are older or what did that look like? Well, I had always wanted to go back to work. And I think that was another thing that put my mind at ease when I decided to stay home that I knew life is seasonal. Mm -hmm. We have seasons of life and it changes just like with your kids. They're in the toddler stage. They're in the teenage stage. One day you're going to be an empty nester. Uh, So just like that, I knew that wasn't going to be permanent. Even if I wanted my kids to stay little forever, they weren't going to. So I knew I always wanted to work again. And I just had left that just open for God saying, Mm -hmm. God, if you'd open those doors for me one day, I would love it. And if you don't, I'm content with where I'm at and what you've given me. But when my husband retired from hockey, that's when about, you know, two years after he retired, it was kind of like, okay, babe, what do you think? Could I (laughs) try going back to work? Because we also knew that that would probably mean a move for our family. Because at the time we were living in Florida and the entertainment industry is not based in Florida. It's LA or New York. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember the, what was the first thing you went back and did? The first thing was a Hallmark movie. Okay. And that's really what kicked it off. I, I had called uh, my my agent up and I said, hey, I'm kind of ready to get back in the game. They said, sure. And uh, put some calls out and said, hey, Candace is around. And Hallmark called within a couple of weeks and said, hey, here's a script. Read it. <laughs> put it on, on, on tape for us. And... Let's see. And so I did and I got it. And that literally started my Hallmark relationship. Was it like riding a bike? I mean, could you, were you just back in it? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was, very, I mean, I've been doing it since I was five. I Which mean, I cannot so. believe. <laughs> yeah. That part was, of course, I hope I've improved over the last 10 years. <laughs> I don't think I have, but, um, but yeah, you just kind of pick it back up. The funny thing was I, because I was in Florida and I had to put this audition on tape. I had nobody to read the lines with me. So I, t- I asked my then nine-year-old daughter, Natasha, <laughs> I'm like, can you operate the video camera and then read the lines, be- you know, the other person? So Natasha's little nine-year-old voice is on this audition tape with me, which I that think is the producer hilarious. still has it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think Hallmark had said, we think you're great, but it really sold us that your daughter <laughs> auditioned with you. You're like, this and is a family affair over here. <laughs> it's funny. Which is so funny because she just was in a show with you. Y'all just did a movie together. Yes. So my, my latest Christmas movie, Switch for Christmas, Natasha, who's now 19, um, was in the movie and played my daughter. Which I read somewhere, I love, I read this somewhere that you said that you always told your kids, like, you can help open doors for them, but you can't walk through them. How was it like working with your daughter? It was so great. First of all, because I'm normally on the road for a lot of the movies that I film, I never have my family around. Mm. So the fact that Natasha was even there with me was 
awesome. And then she just did such a great job. And, you know, it really is the truth. I want to do everything I can to help my children. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to work hard for it. I can't do that for them. And I think that when you give them opportunities, but they don't work for it to actually earn it themselves, they never will appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true for all of us. So totally. I've always told them, I'll help open doors, but I'm not going to walk through them. I'm not going to push you. you. If you want it, you have to earn it and get it. I love that. Okay. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. So, Candace, you, Fuller House, we just need to talk yes. about this for a second. We've watched it at our house. Everybody that I know has watched it. Whose idea was it to say, let's do this again? Well, it was John Stamos uh -huh. and Jeff Franklin, who is the 
creator and writer and executive producer. He was of the original show and now Fuller House. But the two of them had talked about it for many years. They always thought like, oh, maybe we should do a Full House movie. Uh-huh. Maybe. I mean, there were things thrown around for, you know, 10, 15 years. And then they finally settled on doing a show again, I think because of the ages that we were at, mm-hmm. like it just kind of changed over the years. Yeah. So they called us up and said, are you guys even interested? And uh, at the time I was on a series already. I was on a show called Make It or Break It. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, but th- there's so much to work out yeah. logistically and then see what networks are going to get it. But it was exciting at the thought of it. And it, it took about five years for us to get it going. And Netflix, Netflix was the one that picked it up. And which I has think been they were so incredibly great. Smart. Yes. yes. So smart to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you worked with this cast. Was it 20 years ago? 30. Thir- no. Yeah, I know. It makes us all feel old. It I was does. 10 when I started Full House. Okay, um, I'm 40. And I guess I was around that age when I was watching it. Yep. We're like the same age. Okay, so you worked with these people 30 years ago because we're all getting older. How are the relationships now versus then? They're even stronger now. I love it. We mm-hmm. have such a great relationship and we have over these 30 years, but now working together day in and day out, I mean, it's like going to work with my sisters mm-hmm. and my my best friends. We we just love it. We love one another. We appreciate one another. And we're all older and we realize what a gift it is. So there's a different atmosphere, which has always been a great and happy atmosphere and one of a lot of love. But now there's just such an appreciation because who gets that in their life? Like who gets a second a second go around at doing exactly what you love with the people you love. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen often. No, it doesn't. I'm going to, I'm about to ask you a really stupid question, but it's just because I don't know. Do you record these in front of an audience? We do. Oh, that's, that's not, not a stupid question. question. Okay, good, no, good, not good. at all. Yes. So we, the, the show takes place in San Francisco, but we do not actually <laughs> shoot it in San Francisco. Cause you that part. Yes. Surprised <laughs> at the amount of people that think we do. So we shoot it on a soundstage at Warner brothers studios, which if you're in LA, you can take the tour of Warner brothers and they'll so drive you fun. by our soundstage. Could you be in the audience? Well, that you have to, tickets are free, but you have to go through a site. Uh, usually it's called Audiences Unlimited. And you can get a ticket and you have to stand in line. But I will warn you for our show, when we have the live tapings, I think I believe it's only about 200 people. Uh-huh. And um, people start, our tapings are at 4 p.m. And people will, will start standing in line at 6 a.m. No. And it still doesn't guarantee that you'll <gasps> get it because the show is, there's a massive amount of people that want to sit in our audience. So it's uh, the amount of like messages I'll get through Twitter uh-huh. and Instagram of like, please, I'm standing <laughs> in line. Come get me. I, my children are here. We flew in from Ohio. And oh, I'm and like, then your heart is breaking. Like, my heart's breaking. And I like, I'm like, but if you guys only knew how yeah. many people send me those yeah. messages, like I can't personally bring in everyone because everyone's just in line. And it, you know, it is what it is, but you can, yes, you can come see a live taping. Okay. So you do it at 4 PM in front of a live audience. Here comes some more dumb questions, Candace, just because I'm not in this industry, but it's so, I'm so intrigued. And so you will do the whole show and is it one take or do you guys like stop and then start over? Oh no. So this will surprise you then. Okay. (laughs) We start at 4 PM. We do the whole show, but it is not continuous. It takes us four to five hours. That's how long you're sitting in the audience. Is it a 30 minute show? Yes. Okay. For a 30 minute show. So we will do each scene 
roughly three times. Okay. And then sometimes we have to go back and pick up a specific shot because we have a lot of kids on the show and animals. Uh We we might have to go back in and pick something, just a specific line or something like that with the, with the younger kids. And, um, that's about how long it takes. Cause by the time you transition from each set to each set and the cameras move and Uh we have costume changes and all that kind of stuff, that's how long it takes. Okay. I see. I learned something really new today. So the audience is watching for a long time and laughing every time you do it. They are. We force them to. We <laughs> give them a lot of sugar and candy. Um, we give you a snack. I and love like it. Mark <laughs> and we're like, we have a great audience coordinator and he basically tells jokes in between the time that you're sitting waiting mm-hmm. for the next scene or the next take. And uh, he's great. But yeah, by the end of it, you're like, I don't even know why I stood in line for so long. This is just, this is just I could uh, just watch it on TV. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Okay. So you started when you're five. I need to tell you that one of my sons is 12 and he has asked my husband and I to be an actor <laughs> for so uh-huh. many years. And we live in Austin, Texas. I mean, you know, it's just, we're, we're and, and this is not in our field. We don't do this thing. Like my husband's a pastor. I have a podcast. We don't do acting, but Candace, he's going to his first acting class next week. And that's he great. is so excited. Okay. Now, when you started acting at five years old, it was in your family. And then you did it all through up until you were in your twenties. Did you ever have a moment when you're like, mom, I'm done. I hate this. Yes, I did. And it actually wasn't in our family. My brother and I were the first ones to act and my parents knew nothing about it. So how did that happen? Well, we lived, I was born and raised in LA Okay, and a friend of my mom's had her son in the business and she just encouraged my mom and was like, your kids are so cute. Uh Uh, I have two sisters as well. And she said, you got, you should have them act, but we were right here in LA already. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom just kind of gave it a go and said, Hey, if you, do you want to try this? We all said, sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, five years later, we're like on my brother and I are on hit television shows. My mom's I'm sure like, your what? mom is like, what are we doing? You know, like I thought this was like an after school activity. <laughs> totally. That's how my parents treated it. They were like, like some kids play soccer, you right. go on auditions, but like, that's all it is. Yeah. But yes, there was a point when I was probably around, oh, eight or nine and had done it for already a few years. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be able to hang out with my friends. I don't want to have to go to auditions after school Mm -hmm. all the time. And my mom was just like, okay, great. Just whenever you don't want to do it, we don't have to do it. And that so was there it. was never any pressure from my yeah. parents. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I think uh, like a month or two went by and I was like, okay, I'm really bored. I want to do it again. And my mom's like, okay, okay. Do you think that your parents not being in the business, like you said, and kind of treating it as just like this, some people play soccer, you do this. Do you think that really helped you stay grounded in yourself and your family? Very much. Yeah. Very much. Because the priority was never about the entertainment industry. If anything, it was always it was kind of talked about negatively in my family, only from the perspective of my dad, who is a school teacher. He's retired, but Mm -hmm. he was a a public middle school teacher for over 35 years. And my dad would always just say, listen, this is your extracurricular activity, but you're going to go to college. You're going to graduate and you're going to get a real job because (laughs) it's not real. (laughs) It's all smoke and mirrors and fake and Uh fairy tale world. And so it was talked about that way, which um, gave me a different perspective, Mm -hmm. even though we were working consistently and I loved it. 
but it always gave me a groundedness of like, oh, this can be taken away at any moment. Mm -hmm. This isn't really real life. These jobs come and go so quickly. So I have to have something that's more secure than just acting. Mm -hmm. But of course, as I became a young adult, then you really do decide on those decisions of what you want to do with your life. And I realized like, no, this really is my passion and I can make a career out of this if I want to. The fake job for your dad. Now, does he think you have a real job? (laughs) It took him years, (laughs) years. He even like, like, I mean, last year they're like, really, darling? You're still doing this? You're still hiring for a Hallmark movie? That's great, honey. I love that so much. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Sometimes when you see young actresses, do you sometimes get this feeling in your stomach like, oh my gosh, she needs to be grounded? Do you ever feel that way? Like this, like this mother thing come out? Of course. And especially because I have a teenage daughter and have seen some of those. And I, and I hate I hate to say this and I I will not name names, obviously, but I, you know, I used some of them as examples at times, but not, I mean, in a way that it hurt my heart, but to Mm -hmm. show my daughter, like, do you see the path that that girl is on or that young boy is on? Those are the types of decisions that are not smart ones, aren't good ones, or they don't have good people around, or I don't know what their circumstances are, but it always breaks my heart because I have a great experience and I think the entertainment industry can be wonderful as a, as a craft and an art. I mean, it's incredible, but you just have to navigate through them. And I guess that's why it breaks my heart when I see younger people not being guided well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's hard to watch. All right, guys, I know you're loving my conversation with Candace, but I want to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. And the first one is Audible. You guys are listening to a podcast, so you know that listening is so convenient. Audiobooks are great for helping you be a better you, whether you want to feel healthier, get motivated, or learn something new. And with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more, Audible has all the audio content you need to start your year on the right foot. Guys, they have everything you can look over there. Even Candace, right now, who we're chatting with, they have her book. So if you love this conversation, go download some of her books. They've got Jess Conley's Dance and Run, Joe Saxon's new book coming out, The Road Back to You, if you want to look at the Enneagram stuff. If you're looking about being successful, they've got the four-hour work week. They have anything you might be looking for, whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo. You can get through tons of books while doing almost anything. And Audible even lets you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. All right, guys, are you ready to start your free trial? Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash Jamie Ivey, that's my name, or text Jamie Ivey, J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y to 500-500. That's audible.com slash Jamie Ivey or text Jamie Ivey to 500-500 for a 30-day trial and free first audiobook. You can do it all with audiobooks. All right, guys, I want to thank our next sponsor, and that is Third Love. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bra sizes in double A through G and half cup sizes, and that's Third Love. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements, just like you and I, and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better and feel great. Did you know that most old school bra brands only carry 15 sizes? Well, Third Love has 60 sizes, you guys, including half cups. Never heard of half cup sizes? That's because no one else does it. 
Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners, that's you, 15% off your first order. And you guys, I'm a Third Love bra fan. I have several pairs and they are so wonderful for me. To find the bra that you've been waiting for, all you have to do is answer a few simple questions from Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. It takes 60 seconds and you can do it all from the comfort of your house. So you'll never have that awkward fitting room experience again. You all know what I'm talking about. Try a third left bra, you guys. It's so comfortable. You might forget that you're wearing it. And that is the best kind of bra. And if you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. This year, you guys make the change that will change the way you look and think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie. You won't regret it, you guys. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Candace. Okay, so speaking of you know, like entertainment industry, I've had two ladies on here who both of their husbands work in LA. Angela Lanter, her husband, Matt Lanter, is an yep. act. Yep, okay. And then Lauren Scruggs Kennedy, who her husband, he's on E! News. So when I was talking with both of those ladies, and granted, neither one of them are in the business like their husbands are, But my question for them that I would love to ask you as well, you know, being a Christian and being a a follower of Jesus who has morals and values, what have been the times or have there been when it's been a struggle to stay strong to your faith and still want to work and get jobs and get gigs and be in the industry that you're in? Yeah, um, it's it definitely can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. I've over my career and my career I mean, it's, I've been in this business for 36 years and I have said a lot more no's in my life than I have yeses. I've turned down a lot of significant roles, significant television shows that have been on the air for years, even though I was on one, but you know, in my early twenties and my teen years, even in my thirties, I turned down significant things because they, I felt that they didn't line up with my values and mm-hmm. what, what I wanted to represent on television and the type of work that I wanted to do, even though I would probably, I mean, who can say, but right. they could have made me a huge, like right. massive star or something. Uh-huh. And, um, and at the end of the day, it all just came down to conviction. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to stand before people. I'm not going to stand before fans. I'm not going to stand before producers or directors. I'm going to stand before God Mm -hmm. when I die. And so I, I give an account of my life to him. And so I want to do what's honoring to him. And it's just continually thinking of that conviction of my life and reading that word is what helps you make the right decisions. But Uh it's not to say that some of them weren't painful. They were. For sure. Look back and you're like, ouch. (sighs) What could have been? Right. And yet I look at my life too, and I'm like, wow. And yet I feel so blessed that God has shown me in so many ways that He's blessed and honored mm. the decisions I've made to the best of my ability for Him. Yeah. And I just I'm so happy where where I'm at, and I I think that that's contentment. Also, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's lots of people that can they can rip you apart and say, Oh yeah, great. You've done Hallmark movies and you're on the like cheesiest family show around. And I have a completely different perspective. And I go, I worked for those Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. I've worked for that cheesy family television show because I want to do things that honor the Lord and that I'm proud of at the end of the day Mm -hmm. that my family and my children can watch and be proud of. And I, I have no regrets. Like this is exactly where I want to be. And I've positioned myself to be here in no other place. Well, I love that because as someone who has, you know, watched you over the years, 
there is something that our world sees as very tempting and that's fame, you know, like mm-hmm. fame and social media brings that out and all kinds of things bring out this need to be known and need to be famous. And I loved hearing you say that there were some other things that could have been quote unquote, more famous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you had to make that choice. Um, and I think that's encouraging for even us women that are listening, that our job doesn't involve, you know, acting, but no matter what it is that we're still making those choices that come down to where's my conviction? You know, what is yep. it going to matter at the end of the day when I stand before God? Yep. Yeah. And yep. teaching our kids that too. I mean, you know, of course my kids want to be professional football players because what 12 year old <laughs> boy doesn't, or in your case, professional hockey, hockey. players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and I'm always talking to my boys about that as well. You know, just, you know, what are the things that matter in life and mm-hmm. those kind of things? Okay. Speaking of hockey, I know nothing about hockey. If you think I know nothing about acting, I know nothing about hockey except for there's a puck on the thing and they hit it into the net and they fight. That's all I know. Okay, puck on the thing. That's great. A puck on the ring, the ice. <laughs> but hockey is your life now and it became your life when you met your husband. Did you know anything about hockey before you met your husband? No, I, d- I didn't. I had gone to one hockey game before I met him. And I've, I, I should know a lot more than I do now, I'll be honest. It's, it's been 20 years, but, um, I'm still learning the game. I bet you know the rules more than I do. And you, and you know that it's not called the thing. So, um, (laughs) there's that. Okay. Can you give me, since my oldest is 14 and you have two boys that are 16 and 18, can you just give all of us that are listening, just some, some truths to hold on to that we can hold on to when we've got these teenage boys (laughs) that are growing up, what is your thing? Like, what can you tell us mamas that are almost there? I'll be honest. I I love the teenage years. I've loved them even more than some of the younger years because you see them, they're making their own decisions. Mm -hmm. They're really becoming the people that you're going to see for the rest of your life, you know, into their adulthood and what kind of character they have. And I mean, trust me, it can be very challenging, but I just, I, I don't know. I like... I just think there's nothing to be scared of. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be scared and be, be prepared. Yeah. Be, be prepared. And I would look forward to it and not be like, oh my gosh, it's going to be crazy. And I don't even know what to do. It's like, no, just get on top, get in, on top of it and in front of it and mm-hmm. look forward to it. Uh, I'm loving so far our early teenage years. I'm really liking them. I, I'm with you on that. I was going to ask you about your newest book that you just um, released in November. Okay. Staying stylish. And you are just you know, a perfect person to write this um, because there is something that happens when you get, you know, 40 that you feel like, okay, now what? And you're telling us women, like, we still got it in us. We can still stay stylish. Um, Out of all of the books that you've written, where did this come from? Where did this passion come up inside of you to write the book about staying stylish? Honestly, I, with all of the books I've written, this is my fourth one. Mm -hmm. They all come from a really the basis of what I get asked the most from fans and social media. So in the last couple of years, everyone has asked me style questions, Mm -hmm. beauty questions, hair questions. And so I talked to my publisher and I'm like, I would love to do this kind of book. And they were excited, said, yes, let's do it. And I think what people have enjoyed the most is that everything is really, they're foundational basics because I think we think we turn to a lot of celebrities and think like, oh my gosh, but you know, they're not shopping at normal stores and they're getting styled and they're buying, you know, $2,000. Right. 
dresses every day. And that is just not who Uh I am and not how I live. And yet, although yes, I've had some of those opportunities. I'm really, I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a working mama three (laughs) and I'm a casual LA girl. So I go, let's just get back to the basics of feeling of knowing what feels stylish feels good. And some people that have like never been into it all, let's just give them a place to start. And of course, when I talk about beauty, beauty really should always be a reflection from what's inside, from Mm -hmm. what comes from the heart. And so I've had people over the years, and I'm not trying to compliment myself. I've not, don't want this to sound the wrong way at all, but they're like, you're so beautiful, Candace. You're so beautiful. Or you're, you just radiate, Mm -hmm. you glow. And it's like, thank you. I so appreciate it. But what you're seeing is it's Jesus Mm -hmm. inside me. Mm -hmm. It's my, it's the core of who I am and it's my soul. That's what's reflecting. And so I talk a lot about the book. It's not just about clothing and and hairstyles and makeup and stuff. There's a lot about nourishing your spirit. And that truly is the most important part of beauty for me. Um, And I think that's what makes this book different from a lot of the other beauty books that are on the market because it encompasses everything. And it's also about eating well and taking care of your body and health and fitness. And especially I I hear a lot from Christian audiences of like, well, we should never focus on our beauty and we should, you know, there are some things that I think people take biblically out of context Mm -hmm. that think it's bad to take care of themselves. And it's like, uh, no, your body's a holy temple. You take care of that thing from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think too, you're such an attainable person for um, people to see and be like, oh, I, tr- I trust her and I um, I like her and she is relatable. And so I think that your message comes across not as a, hey, look at me and let me tell you how to be like me, but it comes across as like, here are the things that I love and like a girlfriend to a girlfriend is what it yeah. is what it feels like. And I know that that's Good, probably I'm been glad. your desire. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. yes. And your Instagram and your stories, they come across like that as well. It's like, hey. Let me just talk to you like a girlfriend to a girlfriend. Speaking of Instagram, do you love Instagram? I do. I, I do like too. Little, like I, I like it a little too much. <laughs> now, I know your kids have Instagram. I'm assuming. I actually, I know your daughter does. Do. Okay, yes. Do your kids, your kids are older, like I've said before. My kids kind of cringe when I put them in my stories. Do your kids, do they go with it? Because I don't see your boys a lot. My kids like it, but it depends on what it is. So one of my boys is still, he's on Instagram, but he has a private account Mm -hmm. because I've told all my kids, they weren't allowed to be public until they were in high school. Oh, this is good. Um, I like this. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, I, and I've told them how massive the responsibility of a public social media account is, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, totally. Twitter, mm-hmm. Snapchat, whatever. I'm like, cause once you put it out there, it, it never goes away. Yep. See your life. So it's a huge responsibility. And my 16 year old, he's actually almost 16. He'll be 16 in a couple weeks, but, um, he is still, he's in 10th grade and he has not taken his account public okay. because I think he's nervous that he will post the wrong thing. Well, good for him. <laughs> I mean, you know, like he's, he's taking um, your word seriously, Candace. He, he is. But my other two, um, my other two actually love it. When I, especially my, my daughter and I have a very fun, uh, Instagram yeah. relationship mm-hmm. and, but my boys don't, they like being on it. Um, my son Lev likes it because it gives him more followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my son would be as well. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. 
Um, well, I love following you, so it's fun. Um, okay, Candice, every interview I ask my guests, three things they're loving and what they're reading. And so you can pick where to start. Okay, what I'm loving. I am loving being at home mm. right now. I took the whole month of December off and uh, I am loving being at home. Well, when you travel, it makes it, you know, you cherish every moment. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, okay, I am loving my microblading brows. I was so hoping that this was going to come up. <laughs> I shared this on, Insta- on, uh, yeah. on Instagram. Yes. So I have, basically I don't have eyebrows. They were very fair and thin and, um, and I've gotten older and like my hair has fallen out and my <laughs> eyebrows have fallen out. And, and so many people text me like, Oh, you have to try this product and this product for regrowth. And I've tried just about every eyelash product out there that swears to you that it's going to help your eyelashes and eyebrows grow. And none of them have worked for me. So I went and got the microblading done and I am so happy and absolutely love it. So this is where they're actually kind of drawing in eyebrows. Yes. So it's all done by hand and it is not a tattoo, right? It lasts about a year So it's kind of semi-permanent, but it really is, and this is going to sound awful, but it's really a a little blade, a little knife, Uh and they are pressing it into your skin. So they're virtually cutting your skin Mm -hmm. and then putting the dye in there. But each little cut is like an individual hair stroke. Okay. And they put numbing cream on my Mm -hmm. brows Mm -hmm. and it, it really didn't hurt. And, um... It looks so natural because as opposed to like a tattoo yeah, uh-huh. where obviously it's permanent, but it kind of looks like I've seen tattoo, I, I tattooed eyebrows and it looks like a block. Mm-hmm. And this, you see, it looks like actual hairs. Well, I was so intrigued. I had the opposite problem. I have to get my eyebrows waxed so I have a <laughs> unibrow. So I wish I could give you some of my eyebrow hair because girl over here has too much. But I was so intrigued by that. Okay, so you're loving being home. You're loving your eyebrows. What else are you loving? I am loving my Gucci slides. Oh, is this, I, a, was this a Christmas gift? To myself. Okay, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have a few pair now and I can't stop wearing them. They're just so comfortable. Are these like and slippers? So they kind of look like slippers. Yes, okay. it would be, they're a mule, like technically, uh-huh. but there's no heel. Some people actually think I'm walking around in my slippers, but they're not. They're okay. shoes. Okay. And uh, it's like a loafer, but the back is open. And they're so comfy. They're so comfortable. Um, okay. Are you a reader, Candace? I am at times. Yeah. I go through spurts. Yeah, for sure. Me too. What, if you're not, what are you reading or what have you loved recently? Let's see. I am starting, I, I picked it up and had to stop because I was in the middle of writing my own two books. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so, I get that. Um, on Monday, when I go to Vancouver, I'm taking again, Mere Christianity by mm, C.S. Lewis yes. and oldie, but goodie, but mm-hmm. I would like to refresh on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I've read pieces of it. I could probably do to sit down and read the whole thing again. Great, great, great book. Are you writing anything now? Yes. Well, I have another book that's going to be out in April called Kind is the New Class. Like in a few months? <laughs> yes. I've been, Girl. so I actually have a, a, even another book coming out after that. So virtually, I was so grateful once Staying Stylish came out because yeah. I'm like, whew, now I ha- only have the other two books that I'm <laughs> oh writing gosh. at the same time. I was doing three books at the same time. Oh. So Kind is the New Classy. I still, like my deadline is this Sunday. I have to have my final edits in. Okay. 
Which is, I, uh, so I know what that feels like. It's hard. It, yeah, it's hard, but I'm like, this is the very last leg of it. And, um, it's coming out in April and this is more, this is a book that is a trade book. It's more like the first three books that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it's about getting back to the basics of yeah. kindness and whether we agree with people or don't agree and treating others, how we want to be treated. And, um, so I talk a lot about my experiences, um, and being on the view and mm-hmm. being in that um, when I was co-hosting the show and just being in opposition to other viewpoints, but still talking with people with kindness and respectfulness, even when we don't agree with them. So I love that. Yeah. So that's what this book is about. And, and then, then there's another one. <laughs> there's another one coming, um, that will be out that I'm so excited about. I haven't even told any, you're the first one to hear Can about you tell this. us? I don't know if my publisher will be <laughs> happy or not, but that one's coming out in the fall and it's going to be my first children's book. <gasps> and I love it. I'm, I'm so excited. It like, makes me so happy just <sighs> saying that, that I've dreamed of writing a children's book. I've dreamed of it since Natasha was first born. Aww. So for 19 years, so to, for this to come to fruition, I'm just, it thrills me. Well, I'm so excited for you. Candace. this has been such a great chat with you. Thanks for just being real and honest and owning who you are and it's really really a value to us who are watching you so thank you so much you're so welcome thanks for having me on it was fun all right guys i told you you were gonna love it candace was just a regular normal down-to-earth mom who happens to be on our tv screens i loved her heart for her family and for her joy for her work as well you guys super excited about candace and her books that are coming out this year make sure you check out those on amazon Guys, I want to thank Third Love one more time. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G and half cup sizes. It's Third Love. Find your perfect fitting bra today. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie and get 15% off your first purchase, you guys. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Go right now. Change your life. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. You guys enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Go grab some tickets to the book tour. Have a happy hour with a friend and I will meet you guys right back here next week. 